0: It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the Lobos, and much more. Now. Here's Mike Adams
1: 2.0. Presented by El Mesquite Market. Bringing cultures together. Good morning, sports fans. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. And we will get to the NBA draft because it was a fantastic night. But the guest list has been out of this world the past two years. From the great American storyteller Ken Burns to Edgar Berlanga to UFC champion Alexander Volkanowski. And now I get to bring in another gentleman who is not only in the Hall of Fame, the Boxing Hall of Fame, but his journey through the life of boxing is second to none. My good friend Bruce Trampler, welcome to the show, sir.
2: Hey Mike Adams, how
1: are you? I'm feeling good, Bruce. Always good to hear your voice. I want to dig right in and I want to talk about the journey of Bruce Trampler. I just don't want to get in, in into today's uh, concept and narrative of just saying Bruce Trampler, the Hall of Famers here. I want to go back to New Jersey, go back to the University of Ohio in that journalism school and what took you in by the sport of boxing.
2: First of all, it's Ohio University. You gotta get that right.
1: <laughs> and not the Ohio State. Ohio
2: University. Correct. Yeah. The Bobcats, not the Buckeyes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Tell us tell us this journey, Bruce, of, of how you became evolved in the sport of boxing.
2: Well, I was I was a fan in high school and um went out to Ohio U to uh, pursue journalism studies i ran into a, a boxer who i interviewed uh, for the school newspaper his name was bill douglas he became a middleweight contender and he became more famous as the father of uh, james buster douglas the guy who knocked out mike tyson and became heavyweight champion of the world and uh, but it was from that interview with the uh, Bill Douglas said I, I started uh, working with fighters during college, and I, I got hired after graduation by Angelo Dundee, Muhammad Ali's trainer, and that, that kind of started uh, the ball rolling. Uh, it steered me away from a career in journalism and into a career in boxing.
1: Bruce Trampler's my guest, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team, the Hall of Fame matchmaker was with top rank for many, many years, still is, and we're going to get to the fights uh, of of choice that are coming up. Now, Bruce, you you get with the Dundees, famous names in the sport of boxing, and what catapults you? Are you at this point, when you meet the Dundees, are you training fighters, are you the cut man, are you cornering them, or are you more of their publicist?
2: Well, uh, Angelo's brother Chris was a, a great legendary Boxing promoter. So from him, I, uh, I learned a lot about publicizing fights, making matches. Um, and from Angelo, I learned more about, uh, working corners, training fighters, managing fighters. I'd been doing that while I was in college, part time, but now I was doing it full time. Uh, it was kind of like a finishing school, a graduate school in boxing. Uh, after getting out of the uh, Ohio U.
1: Bruce Tramplers, my guest, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Mike Adams 2.0, the Hall of Famers, joining us. Now, Bruce, as your career moves along and you get to top rank, and you have been part of the biggest fights in the history of boxing, what gave you that talent? What gave you that eye, Bruce? to find the likes of Miguel Cotto, the likes of Johnny Tapia, the likes. I can go on and on and on, Bruce, but what gave you that talent that you could see talent?
2: That's a good question. I I can't answer that. Just being exposed to the best in the business, uh, learning from from the Dundee brothers. uh, I did two years as a matchmaker at Madison Square Garden in New York under Teddy Brenner. Uh, learned even more there. And then when I got hired by the great Bob Arum, uh, I was already well on my way to, you know, doing what I do today. And I've been fortunate to be with Bob for over 40 years now.
1: Hall of Fame matchmaker, Bruce Trampler, my guest on Mike Adams 2.0 ESPN Radio 101.7. The team, you know, every time we talk, Bruce, and what I appreciate about you is the history and the knowledge and how you never forget uh, our, our last conversation you had brought up, Sugar Ray Robinson, Muhammad Ali. But as we look at the sport today, you were just part of the Teofimo Lopez uh, fight that took place. Where has this sport, where from what it's evolved to, right, from you being around uh, the likes of the greatest fighters of every era, in this era that we're seeing now, Bruce, what's the difference? What's the difference in boxing today?
2: Well, I think, uh, the great fighters of the past fought more often. They, they were more experienced. They had great trainers and teachers. Um, you know, when, when, guys like Jay Clamada and Sugar Ray Robinson fight six times, um, you know, if they'd only fought once in today's era, that would be a super match. But the great fighters, Sandy Sadler and Willie Pep fought four times in their career. Um, today you, you got to wait a couple years for uh, Crawford and Spence to fight. So activity, regular fights, uh, exposure to the to the media and to the fans it all, it all makes a big difference today and um, I'm not saying it's better than it was I'm not saying it's worse than it was but it's different.
1: Bruce is my guest top rank matchmaker hall of fame matchmaker boxing extraordinaire Bruce you were named at one point one of the top 25 most powerful men in boxing i know how humble you are but what what is that what does that mean for you when you think about growing up in new jersey and the journey that you have been led on what does that mean for you 25 most powerful guys in boxing
2: well, uh, that's just somebody's opinion. It, it's flattering to see your name, uh, ranked up there with, uh, the biggest people in boxing, but, uh, it, it's just a number. It's nice, but, uh, it doesn't affect my everyday, uh, business or negotiations with fighters or scouting talent. It's just somebody's opinion. It's a nice opinion. I'm glad, uh, somebody thought that highly of me. But. <laughs> big
0: deal to transition from being a journalist where you're investigating you're looking to uncover the story to tell the athlete's story and to leave that behind and to go more into the business and that matchmaking how much of a transition was that going still being involved in the sport but transitioning between those two jobs
2: well, the, the two different jobs. One is making things happen. The other is, is covering and chronicling what did happen. And I would, I would have loved to be a, a newspaper man, uh, a columnist. Um, but opportunity arose for me to do something unique. And, uh, uh I'm glad I made the choice that I did.
1: Bruce Champlers, our guest, Mike Adams 2.0. That was Micah Frankel with the question. Now, Bruce, I, I want to ask you this. Am I far-fetched in saying this? Because, you know, I get an opportunity to to speak on the radio, and, and you're the expert. But am I too far-fetched saying Tyson Fury's name belongs with Ali, belongs with George Foreman, belongs with Larry Holmes, and may at one point have a have, have, have the title as the greatest heavyweight of all time. Am I far-fetched in saying that?
2: No, yeah, yeah, that's your opinion, and uh, I wouldn't argue with that opinion. You know, because they haven't fought, you can't say who was the best or the greatest, but Tyson Fury certainly ranks among the best. The names you just mentioned, Ali Foreman, Joe Lewis, uh, Joe Frazier, um, Mike Tyson, they're all great heavyweight fighters, and on any given night, um, who knows who would have won. But I know, for instance, Foreman destroyed Ken Norton, who gave Ellie three real, real tough fights. Um, I'm not going to use the cliche, Styles make fights, but, it, but it's pretty much true. Unless they fought each other, you can't say who's the best. So you say they're all among the best.
1: You know, in saying that in the historical um, references that we make, is it fair to say Terrence Crawford is the modern-day Tommy Hearns?
2: Yeah, I I think so. Um, We had Crawford uh, the bulk of his career. He's a tremendous fighter. And um, he's certainly the, the best welterweight, in my opinion, in the last decade or so.
1: Yeah, that's big praise, and I agree with you. And he was my pound-for-pound pound number one for the past eight years. Now, as we move forward with these fights, you know, Lomachenko, Kambusis, uh, Tiafimo now retiring, uh, Ryan Garcia possibly going up, Javante Davis. It's an exciting time in that weight class right now, Bruce.
2: Yeah, these are all real good fighters, and, um, you know, we're very proud to work with them, help develop their careers, I don't think is going to retire. He's just in a, a real tough spot in his life, in his personal life. Uh, but as far as his boxing life, he's at the top of his game and he, and he's getting better. He, he's a terrific fighter. Just, um, beat Josh Taylor uh, to win the WBO title and, uh. Um, we look forward to him overcoming the hurdles uh, with his personal life and getting back in the ring around December.
1: Bruce Tramplers, my guest, Hall of Fame matchmaker, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Shakur Stevenson, everybody talks about him. Is is he the potential of Sugar Ray Leonard?
2: Uh a slightly different style than, than Ray Leonard. You know, Shakur's a southpaw who's very, very tough to, to hit and almost impossible to beat, but he, he's a tremendous talent, undefeated kid out, out of Newark, New Jersey. And, um, uh, I don't, I don't see anybody beating him right now, but, um, having said that, uh, there's always guys coming up like Haney, like Tank Davis that are, are real good matchups for Shakur Stevenson, and we look forward to trying to make those fights.
1: And maybe maybe a better analogy might have been Pernell Whitaker. And in and, and, and saying that, Tank Davis, to me, Tank Davis-Shakur, would be the biggest fight outside of Spence Crawford.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think you're right on the money with that one.
0: And how big would it be to bring back Devin Haney? We know he's eyeing moving up more to 140 free agent right now. How big would it be to bring him back to be able to match make him again?
2: Well, we we look forward to working with him. He uh, We had a three-fight deal, and now we're talking uh, about extending that. The Haneys are deciding do they want to stay at 135 or, or go up to 140, and they've asked us, what do we have available at each weight class? Who's who's the prospective matches for Devin uh, as he continues his career?
1: Bruce, I have to ask you this: you were part of Tapia Romero, it was in the Thomas and Mac. It was moved from the Hilton. They tried to do it in the pit. One of the most incredible evenings uh, for me. I was there live, of course. But what did it mean to you, Bruce, knowing uh, all the history? what it meant to the state of New Mexico. What was that feeling like that night?
2: It was a weird feeling because it was a New Mexico fight. It was um, the North Valley against the South Valley, and it was taking place in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Two real good fighters, tremendous champions, Danny and uh, Johnny. and um, We all know the reasons it happened over here. But uh, it, w- it was a wonderful feeling watching these two kids that we'd worked with for so long, for so many years, and so many fights. Johnny and Danny getting it on in Las Vegas. It was uh, a real thrill to see these guys go at it.
1: Yeah, I have to say so myself. You know, I've seen a lot of fights. You've seen a lot more. But that night will always be special. and And, and for multiple reasons. Two great champions, as you mentioned. But also put New Mexico on the map as, is it was headlining HBO when at the time HBO was the premier network hosting boxing. Is that fair to say, Bruce?
2: Yeah, absolutely. In, in those days, uh, being an HBO match, uh, man, it was the best, uh, fight in the business. Uh, one, once HBO put its, uh, its backing behind any fight, uh, it kind of, um Stamped it as a fight you don't want to miss. There was a big storyline between uh, both kids, contrasting lifestyles, contrasting styles. You know, two real personalities getting it on, and uh, it, it was it was a real HBO type of fight.
1: Bruce Champlers, my guest, Hall of Fame matchmaker. Who's on your Mount Rushmore boxing? Can I even ask that to a guy like you who probably has seen? Can you do a Mount Rushmore, Bruce? Can you?
2: Four, four names? That's how many are on Mount Rushmore, yeah. right?
1: Four, four that you would put on Mount Rushmore.
2: Well, you always have to put Ali on there. You have to put, uh, of modern fighters, Ray Leonard, of older fighters, Ray Robinson, and I'll leave the, the fourth one open for, um, Whoever you think belongs up there for discussion,
1: you know, and they, you know, for me, it would be Duran, it would be Chavez Sr., it would be, you know, I think Larry Holmes' career was incredible up until he saw Mike Tyson, and I think Larry Holmes doesn't necessarily get in that conversation a whole lot. He's like Chuck Knoll of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I always say, give me the greatest coaches, and then you leave out yeah. Chuck Knoll. You know. Um, yeah, and then Manny Pacquiao I mean Floyd Delahoy I mean there's so many right Roy Jones
2: there, yeah there really are it, it, it's tough to even pick the top four in each weight class there's been so many great fighters and we've been privileged to see them to work with them to know them personally um but I think it's a matter of individual choice. Whatever four you throw up there, there's four more um, in the on deck circle waiting to be there. It's so, a great point. Um, great point. Bruce.
1: Yeah. Bruce Trampler, I want to say thank you. I'll be in Vegas. If I'm not there for the Canelo fight, I'll be there for Formula One. And I'm going to go mm-hmm. by, see you. Let's have some breakfast. I always enjoy our conversations. And. And to have the Hall of Fame career that you've had and to be around what you've seen, Bruce, you've always been humble and you've always been approachable, and I'll always appreciate that, sir.
2: Well, Mike, I thank you for those words, and uh, I'm so glad to be talking to someone from Berkey. The 505 is is real deep in my heart, and I look forward to going back to Albuquerque as soon as possible.
1: Bruce, be safe. Give my best to Bob and everybody up there at Top Rank. Take care. You got it, pal. Thank you. All right, buddy. That was Bruce Trampler, Hall of Fame matchmaker. He's put together some of the greatest fights in the history of boxing, Micah, in the history of boxing.
0: Some of the biggest, top-ranked boxing. And think about the future. I didn't even get to get in there what he thinks about. We talked about. Tyson Fury the present, but the future of the heavyweight division. July 1st, we're looking at Jared Big, Baby Anderson getting that main event showcase already. Didn't even get to get that one in. We have a couple young Olympians we've been seeing. Top-ranked boxing is in a really
1: good place right now. You're listening to Mike Adams 2.0. I see Preston, John Michaels in the building. He's going to be joining us in the next segment. Mike Adams 2.0 ESPN Radio, 101.7, The Team. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Welcome back, Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team, Spotify podcasts, Apple podcasts. That's sell behind the glass. You can go to the Instagram at Mike Adams 2.0 merchandise drop, and I got a. You know who I saw rocking the merchandise on the merchandise drop. Now, who do we see rocking it? Chewy, of all people. The tattoo artist that we had, he was rocking the snapback. And, you know, he's, hes he does tattoos. So he said, snapbacks and tattoos. I said, wait a minute. What snapback are you rocking? And he pulled it up, and it was the 2.0 snapback. I said, where'd you get that hat? He says, I got it online. Okay, so if you're
0: saying online, let let's really let the audience know. You go to Mike Adams 2.0 on Instagram. Correct. Link in the bio. You click it, it takes you to the store. That's how you do it people. You find the hats by going to the Instagram, find it in the bio. It's that
1: simple. I cut you off. I think we're about to start something. Well, I was going to say shout out Chewy. If you need an additional hat, let me know. Big fan of Chewy. Great interview with Bruce Trampler, the Hall of Fame matchmaker. Incredible interview. The man's journey. He listen, started with Buster Douglas' dad, was taught by the incredible Angelo Dundee and his brother. Was a matchmaker at Madison Square Garden. Got on with top rank in 40 years of Hall of Fame-worthy credentials.
0: Hey, and don't forget, he hit you with that bobcat. The white and green. Ohio University. From journalism to matchmaking, a keen eye for telling stories to a keen eye for finding talent.
1: I want to give a shout-out to Raiden Cravets. He's in the building. And now let's get to Factor Fiction. It's good to see Preston back in Studio Press. Welcome back.
3: Great to be back. Thank you for having me.
1: Mike, are you ready? The the NBA draft is what everybody was talking about. Now I want you to talk about it. Get a start.
0: We're going to get there, but first got to see that the big
1: red machine is back running in Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Reds. When you talk big red machine, you say Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, Dave Concepcion, Ken Griffey, not Junior, Ken Griffey Sr. I can go on and on. The Reds are having an incredible year. 11-game win streak. This is the most excited I've seen that fan base
0: in forever. Ellie De La Cruz looks like the real deal. I'm watching Reds baseball games now with my MLB network. I'm seeing the excitement. You got Hunter Green. You got Will Benson. This team is the most exciting Reds team I can remember since Griffey Jr. came over for his swan Song.
1: Well, I got to tell you this, Micah, now that you brought up the Reds. I was in Cincinnati, I believe, about six months ago. And I had to go by the Cincinnati Reds Baseball Stadium. And I still have the picture of Pete Rose sliding headfirst into home base. That's in front of the stadium. How cool is that? That is cool. That
0: is unique. That is a nice piece of memorabilia. Thank you. Shane McCullahan is the best pitcher in the MLB right now.
1: Well, I, I, See, Micah, you, 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 when you say the best. I'm saying the best. Right now. In MLB. Through June 24th. Yes. I'm going to say close, right there, right there. There's, I I see where you're going with this.
0: And I see the Miller brothers catching up and maybe taking over by the end of the year. And who knows? There's a guy in Milwaukee that has a burning sensation. If he gets traded to a real competitor, you might seem like he was CC Sabathia just in that reverse role, leaving Milwaukee instead of saving Milwaukee.
1: Good reference on CC Sabathia, not CC Penniston, because we like music here too. Go ahead, Michael.
0: The Angels are right to not trade Hotani. Correct. Yes. Fact. Why would you do it? Because he might leave and walk across town to the Dodgers and then you leave that
1: asset for what could be just a slew of prospects. If Mike Trout and Shotani played in New York or LA, Mike Trout would be labeled the greatest baseball player to ever play. Ever. But right now, they haven't made the playoffs
0: in forever, and they are struggling to be the last wild card. Can you really hang in the market for that long? Huthani already shocked us by taking less money to go to Anaheim once. Do you think he could do it to stay a second time? Absolutely not. So then you're looking forward to him in that new Dodger jersey that Preston's going to be rocking
1: next year. Is that true?
3: That is true. I'm going to have to cop one of those as soon as they come out.
1: It's a merchandise drop. Have you ever stood in a merchandise line to get a T-shirt?
3: I've stood in plenty of those throughout my time, and I've only been alive only 19 years, and we've been through a couple of lines that lasted a couple of hours. <laughs> How many of those have been for sneaker drops? About three.
1: Okay, see, so I thought it'd
3: be more What a What about <laughs> music concerts? What's I mean,
1: I've seen lines. Uh, merch, I don't know what it is with merch now, Micah. I, I really don't, but I'm glad. I'm glad people love the merch. Don't forget the
0: merch. Don't forget the merch. But I'll tell you, I've been in lines for concerts to open. I've been in lines to get
1: concert tickets. I've been in lines for video game drops. You can find lines for all kinds of things. Well, here's the thing. I was in a line at Circle K for 14 minutes the other day. And I asked myself, self, why am I in line for 14 minutes at a Circle K?
0: Because we're in lines everywhere. That's my point, Micah. Continue. The challengers are lining up. Uh Tiafimo Lopez, even though Bruce Trampley told us this fact of fiction, he's not retiring. That's
1: a fact. Non-retired. He'll be back in a year. He's too good. He's on top of the world. Uh Micah, it's one of those things, right? Either he wants more money, which I'm sure every fighter does.
2: Every fighter does. Or
1: he needs just a little time off. Probably need some time.
2: Get He'll collected.
1: be back.
0: He'll be back. Drop the belts because he wasn't going to be able to meet the mandatory title defenses in those timelines anyway. Get them off. They were already on the record. He already has two division world champion by the name. And
1: when you say on the record, do you mean 45 or 33? We're staying with music and a 78. If you ever played an album on a 78, you better have a nice Remember how you had to put those little things in the albums? Go ahead, Mike.
0: Most of the guys I know are spinning 45 so I'll go with that one. Uh, Jones versus Fury is real because the negotiations
1: are real, and it could really be a big spectacle. It would be a big spectacle fact. Are the negotiations real? I'm going to say, can't say fact or fiction. Only those guys know. But if it happens, yeah. I mean, who's not going to watch? Are they getting a boxing match? As talented as John Bones Jones is, Micah? I mean, I, he could win any fight, but if you're going to get in there with Tyson Fury, and since we're on music, one of the greatest singers of all time from a boxing perspective. Now, now, see that same look
0: on your face you had when you thought about Jones against Fury in a ring? Tell me if you get that same feeling in your stomach when you think about Jones against Fury in a cage. That'd last all of 10 seconds. And that's why I can't really abide by either one. But it's a huge move for the PFL to also dangle Ngannou versus Wilder.
1: Well, Micah, this is the thing. They can uh, – this is what it's about, Micah, right? You can dangle anything you want to dangle. Carrots usually, right? The, For, no, but can... but my point is if you want to say – like let's say tomorrow you said, hey, LeBron James is going to fight um, Francis Ngannou. It would capture everybody's – like what? Huh? What are you talking about? Yeah. You mean as
0: it's happening that today Dana White says Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg is a possibility. I, I got to bring Preston in. Who would you have your money on in that fight?
3: In that fight, it could go either way. I might have to take Elon just because, I mean, both of them are geniuses. So they might have a strategy that we do not know, and we just have to see. That's a great point. Zuckerberg's been doing jiu-jitsu tournaments. I'm, I'm going with Zuckerberg.
2: No,
1: here's my thing, because Preston's right. When you think at that level of the Tesla level, when you think about the likes in the metaverse, when you think about the Facebook likes, they just didn't put your thumbs up without thought. It wasn't a thumbs up without thought. So you're right. The strategy could be out of the stratosphere. And I'm not referencing Las Vegas's hotel. Are you saying we could take this fight out of this world? Could we do
0: that we with Elon Musk's
3: we
2: could.
1: SpaceX program?
3: It could be anywhere. It could be on Mars. It could be virtual.
1: It could be virtual. Wait a minute. A fight so big, reality couldn't hold it.
0: Oh, my gosh, Micah. And Preston, I have one more question while you were here. Who is Bryce Hall?
3: Uh, Bryce Hall is a famous YouTuber. Um, He's getting into everything. He's getting into boxing a little bit. We could see him potentially fight a Logan, a Jake, a KSI, a Deji. Uh, this YouTube boxing is coming up and it's interesting to watch because you're watching them on different platforms and you get to see them do something new.
1: You know, now that you said that, Mike, I have something for you. I was watching, uh, uh I don't, I don't, I hope I'm saying this. Is it slap fight? What's it called? What's the actual organization called? Slap fight? Power slap league. We've already went through this diatribe before of why I wasn't connected to it. Okay. Well get reconnected, connect leave. the dots. Okay. Here's, here's the situation see what kind of picture we draw. Here's the, here's the thing. See what kind of picture comes out of Connect the Dots. This this is what you get on Mike Adams 2.0. Mike, I saw a guy get slapped so hard, okay, that his face swelled out to here. And for those of you who aren't watching this on a video, it's about four times from where your face is. For those fans of
0: American Dad, he ended up with the legit Stan, Stan Smith jaw. But didn't get knocked
1: out. So he went back up to slap the next guy, Micah. And he wins via Naka and his jaw was over here. I've never seen anything like it. No, but if you watch one
0: fight, you'll you'll see a lot of stuff like it, because that, that's the repetitive nature. No doubting the toughness of these warriors who take on this entity, but uh, again, I, I don't know what the length of the audience is.
1: Here's my question, Preston. Whatever happened to the high five? Just a nice slap of the high five. Now they're slapping each other across the face as hard as they can. Well, the high five is gone. And,
0: who, and that's why who, I was trying to bring up Bryce Hall is because Guillermo Perez Hernandez, the cut man for BKFC, laid one across him for some reason at the BKFC weigh-ins this past weekend. So you said he's getting into it. He's really getting into it.
1: I guess my question is this. Who started the high five and why did it stop? That That's my first question. One of my favorite bands is the Jackson. Five.
0: I know the originator of the high five and it's Dusty Baker. Well, there you go. I've heard that story
1: before. Well, good answer. But how do we go from high fives to slapping each other as hard as we can? Continue, Micah, fact or fiction. Let's not get distracted. This was kind
0: of an internet thing and that's the last laugh that we'll give across here. But we have to give roses also because Amanda Nunez is the greatest female mixed martial artist of all time. That's a
1: fact. That is a fact. And not only that, Micah, she fought everybody. How many years? Six years as the title holder? Between six to seven years. Incredible run. Incredible run. And she fought everybody. Didn't duck one person. Rhonda,
0: Misha, Holly, Cyborg took on a whole new division. Have fun in retirement. Amanda Nunez. Uh, Jared Cannonier took his game, and kicked it into a next gear in that performance against Marvin Vittorio. Yeah,
1: that's a fact. How many strikes were in that one, Micah?
0: 241, a new middleweight record for a five-round fight for a man that we all criticized for his lack of volume. Rectified that situation real quick.
1: Now, here's the thing when it comes to this. 243 strikes. That's a lot of strikes. Okay, and there's a lot of pitchers right now who aren't even throwing any strikes. It's hard to get that control. It's hard to get control. Even though, even though Janet Jackson was in total control. Go ahead. I thought they were trying to control her, but Djokovic
0: isn't controlling. He's dominating. Now it's a record 380th
1: win and I I need to hear the praise. Micah, here's the thing. I've been talking about Djokovic now for what? 11 years. Me and, me and my son, Preston, we go play tennis, and every time I hit one right down the line, I say, instead, you know, like when you used to shoot hoop, and you'd hit that jumper, and you'd say, bird, in your eye. Magic. Boom. Now when I play tennis, I say, Yokovic, bing. I mean, this is where Yokovic is at. This is where now kids playing tennis, like kids who played basketball, like when you came up, Preston, you hit a shot, were you saying LeBron, or were you saying Steph? Like when you got on a roll and you that that was like a form of 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 I don't want to call it trash talking, but it was a form of
3: hey, I'm here to play. Who is those players for you on the basketball court? Exactly. It's a form of letting people know that you're here to play like the player that you're saying. And a player for that for me, if I'd hit a nice little fadeaway and little layup, I'm yelling Kobe straight in their face. See what I'm saying,
0: Micah? I yell Yokovic when I play tennis. I'm surprised that hasn't been just a recent transition in the
1: last five years. Cause I would be sure before that, you'd be screaming, Federer, you remember, Federer! you remember that. And I don't know, ever think I said it like that, but Micah in disc golf, who is that guy? When you go play disc golf, who is that disc golfer you say after you throw the frisbee? Who is that frisbee thrower that you say? There's oh you are putting me on
0: the spot for the number one guy that I cannot find on my Instagram well, right now. Thing, Micah, I will
1: share. Micah, here's the thing, and I've always been fond of frisbee. Can Is it called frisbee? Disc golf, ultimate I, frisbee, I need, something different. I need I need confirmation from Sal behind the glass. Can we still call it frisbee? Is it frisbee golf or is it disc golf? Because I'm confused. When did the word frisbee come out of? I, I did you own a frisbee? Yes. Like, how do, when did we stop? Micah, do you have a Frisbee right now?
0: I have a whole bag at the house, not <laughs> on me. I'm like, you want to get down to play this
1: weekend? We can go play this weekend.
3: I'll Are meet you in? at the park. I might have to throw a disc or a Frisbee. One, here, here, one here's the, the other. thing. Here's the thing.
1: Raiden Cravets is live in studio. He's from Las Vegas, Nevada. And you guys, if you don't know, now you know. The most improved player on his basketball. He can do a Rubik's Cube in 20.081236 seconds. The record is 3.13 for those of you keeping scored. We're 16.874321 seconds away from being the new champ. 20 seconds, Rubik's Cube, that kid right there. Michael.
0: You mentioned Rubik's Cube. You mentioned basketball. We've mentioned the draft. We should probably finally get to it. And it's the perfect landing spot for Wimboyama to be in San Antonio. I don't know if it's the perfect
1: landing spot. See, this goes back to, to, to what you were asking me with the California Angels. Shotani, right? You just asked me this question. If he's in New York, or if he's a Laker, that's the perfect landing spot. No, 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 no. You're learning from Greg Popovich.
0: He's on the Mount Rushmore of coaches. You're right there where Tony Parker. Popovich already. on the Mount Rushmore? Popovich on the Mount Rushmore.
1: On the Mount Rushmore of coaches? Popovich? Potentially.
3: Or on the fringe? It's a, it's a debatable, it's a debatable spot. Let, let's stay here. Red
1: R has to r- be, r- has r- to be, right? Red back. yeah. Pat Riley has to be, right? Phil Jackson has to be, yeah. Who hey. am I missing?
0: Who I just named?
1: Aha! Continue.
0: And, hey, Eric Spolstra making a hard run at it. Ain't saying that last name. Ain't fringy at the moment, Pop. But he's also the coach of USA Basketball. We know there's a guy coming for his spot, but right now he fits that fourth. You've already seen Tony Parker give France that kind of connection to San Antonio. And I think with that young core of players that they had, he can grow with them. So that's a great place. But I don't know if it was a great deal for the Suns to... Give up what depth they had
3: to acquire Bradley Beal.
1: Yeah, I don't understand the trade. That's just me.
3: Do you like this trade, Bradley Beal? I don't necessarily like the trade, but it definitely shows potential for the Suns. I mean, they had a very contendable team last year, and they weren't able to do it. So maybe one more piece, one more player, one more star will be able to get them there.
1: Here's the difference, Micah, and, and I'm going to go back to your Popovich teams. I'm even going to go back to your Chicago Bulls teams. Those were teams. Like, Duncan was the the guy, right? Jordan was the guy. But Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. You had Pippen and Rock. I mean, they were a team. You have Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. You can put an all-star team together in Phoenix. They ain't getting through Denver next year.
0: You even saw in Golden State, Steph took a step back to let KD thrive in the finals. Those two MVPs. Someone has to take a step back. And unfortunately, I'm worried... Because Beal is a ball stopper and a volume shooter. Uh,
1: Grady Dick, best dressed at the NBA draft. Well, when they interviewed him, he's from Kansas, right? And that was a ruby red suit. Ruby red suit. He's in Toronto. He's not in Kansas anymore, Micah. If you have that many um,
0: glitters, sequins on one suit, how can you lose? Also, it looked like he was ready to take on running through the hole, hitting some linebackers with those pads he had on the shoulders.
1: Here's the thing. I enjoy the NBA draft. Best-dressed draft of them all. Can you go – this is stylistic when it comes to the draft. I mean, you got style. You have Stilo, right? These guys had style last night.
3: They did have style indeed, and they showed out. They showed out, and they deserved it. I didn't
1: get a
0: fact there, so do we got a best-dressed from last night from Preston?
3: That, uh, we'll, we'll get that effect. Effect. You're going with him best dressed. fact. He was all red. He must have known he was going to the Raptors dressed in all red like that. He must have
1: known. Micah, must have known. I got a, I got an update for you. For those of you keeping score at home and you were wondering, in 1950, the Frisbee was named after Frisbee Bakery. And why? Because the pie tins would be used. They would throw the pie tins. Like a Frisbee. Thus the name Frisbee. After Frisbee Bakery. So next time you get a pie, try not to throw the tin, unless it's in a recyclable. Go ahead, Micah.
0: Darko Milicic, we remember that name around draft season. Do we remember him for
1: being the biggest bust ever? Well, I don't want to ever say that, Micah, because if you get drafted number two in the National Basketball Association, you still garner a check. And anytime you garner a check for services rendered, I mean, I don't know. He's doing the best he can. Doing the best he can. I want to give a shout-out to Selena selena's in the building
0: selena's in the building Raiden's in the building preston's in the building
1: is dame on his way out of the building that's a good question where does dame lillard land up i don't know if they get rid of him now that they got uh scoot henderson they might keep him
0: you got scoot henderson you got anthony simons so you already got two ball dominant smaller guards back there with dame where does he go Miami or Brooklyn at this point would be the two places that still have the cap room and the draft picks, future draft assets, to be able to tag in there. Unfortunately for Philly, they used their draft assets this week during the draft, so they would only be able to pair Harris and Maxi, So that one's off the table. And the West has already made a bunch of big moves.
1: I think him and Brunson in New York would look, would look great with Julius Randle. I think that might be a look. And don't forget Persingas is now a Celtic. And Marcus is smart is a grizzly, and this is Factor Fiction. Preston, always good to have you in the building.
3: Always good to be here. Thank you. Thank you again.
1: Micah, great job. Tell everybody where they can find you.
0: CP3 is a warrior, people. CagedMinds.com is the website. Caged Minds, across combat sports news, in, or across social media. Also head over to YouTube. Got a bunch of other podcasts, MMA After Hours and Pro Wrestling After Hours.
1: Ray, now it's good to have you in the studio, sir. Who's your favorite basketball team?
3: Um, My favorite basketball team is the LA Lakers.
1: And who's your favorite player? Vince Carter. That's good, because Vince Carter was almost a Laker a long, long time ago. Now, when we talk about Shaquille O'Neal, is he the real deal? Yes, I think so. Congratulations on your Most Improved Player Award. Thank you. Con- you. Continued success. Always good to have you in studio. Raiden Cravets, big fan of the show press. You've seen this guy ball.
3: Can he hoop? I've seen him. He can hoop. He's big.
1: All right, Micah. Great job. Sal, behind the glass. Always good to see you. Joe Neal, the president. For Alyssa Ryan, Preston, John Michael, my name's Mike Adams. Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Thanks for joining us
0: from Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team.